This is NLPS Ed Talks, a podcast brought to you by Nanaimo Ladysmith Public Schools. I'm Dale Burgos, the Executive Director of Communications, and I'll be sharing conversations with students, staff, and friends of the district. We'll learn, we'll laugh, we may cry, but most importantly, we'll share the unique stories of individuals that work and play in our school system. Nanaimo Ladysmith Public Schools is one of many school districts in British Columbia, Canada, and is centrally located in one of the most beautiful places in the world, Vancouver Island. Thanks for joining us. Kate Russell, welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of NLPS Ed Talks. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. So let's let's do a quick introduction here. So Kate, tell me uh, tell me where you are. You're, you're new to the district, correct? Yes. I am the new principal of Gabriola Elementary School, and I'm new to Nanaimo. Uh, my daughter and I have been here for about four months. Fantastic. And yeah. welcome. Congratulations. Thank you. Very happy to have you here. Uh, Gabriel is a beautiful place. Yes, it is. Yeah, the people there are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's pretty special to be working on there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Good. The, the sense of community there is phenomenal. That's right. And um, I know of, I'm, I'm new to Nanaimo about five years ago, uh, and I know of Gabriel having a lot of um, uh, great people, of course, uh, beautiful scenery and the artists on mm-hmm. the island. Yeah. Right? Lots of art, and we have community artists come in and do art with the kids after school, and yeah, so it's it's a pretty amazing place. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now, you said you're new to Nanaimo, um, but you're not new to the island, so where I always like to start on these podcasts is get mm-hmm. to know the people that work here in the district. Uh, so let's start right at the very beginning. Where are you from? I'm from Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, I was born and raised there, and when I was 13, my family moved to Victoria. Wow. Okay. So Regina, I'm, I'm from Winnipeg. I should point that out. So okay. you and I know uh, what the prairies are like and what it's like uh, in winter. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you miss those winters? I don't actually, not <laughs> okay. at all. Uh, my family, when we moved here, they were looking, my mom and dad were definitely looking to get away from the winters. They mm-hmm. were both, you know, small town Saskatchewan, brought up and raised. And uh, yeah, Victoria seemed like a good option. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. Yeah. It's going going west as far as you can, right? Yeah. And and Victoria is the place to be. You mentioned small town Saskatchewan. What uh, what small towns were they from? Uh, my mom was from Wolseley and mm-hmm. my dad was from Wilkie. Okay, excellent. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, that's exciting. So then now you're 13 years old, you, you moved to Victoria. How, how does that play out? How does that feel? Uh, it didn't feel good at the time. <laughs> I was kind of angry. Um, how could you make me move away from my friends? Course, but yeah. uh, it was the best move possible. Okay. Um, I love Victoria growing up around the ocean and just, you know, being out on my bike with my friends mm. and exploring, um, camping. Yeah, it was a really good move. That, that's fantastic. And and we're feeling the same way. Once we moved out here, you look out the window, you see the mountains, you see the water. It's like, mm, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, I think exactly. we made the right decision. <laughs> um, what part of Victoria did you did you all move to? Uh, we moved to Oak Bay. Oak Bay. Beautiful mm-hmm. place. Yes. Yeah, right on the water. Uh, block away Close from the water. Um, so when I first moved here and I was, you know, not feeling so happy, I would just go down to the ocean <sighs> and listen to the waves. Yes. and. That always made me feel better. I bet it did. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Now, now, why the big move? I mean, um, were the parents, uh, was it for work? Was it for pleasure? Uh, it was for work. My okay. dad um, worked in, well, had started Child and Youth Services in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. and was <clears throat> approached um, to work in either Ottawa or Victoria for the Ministry of Health. And... Ottawa has winter, so uh, <laughs> we chose Victoria. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not a bad choice. Yeah. 
Very good sure. choice. Okay. Um, and then w- now now that you're out here, I mean, 13 years old, starting mm-hmm. high school, I'm assuming then, in, in Oak Bay? Yes. Okay. Um, so started grade nine at Oak Bay High, mm-hmm. uh, which was tough because Oak Bay started at grade eight. And so, mm-hmm. you know, kids who yep. came from Thank different you. feeder schools had already formed their friendship oh, groups yeah. and stuff like that. But um yeah, it was it was okay. I liked Oak Bay. It was um, a good academic and sports school, and mm-hmm. so by grade twelve, you know, I had solidified friendships that have lasted my whole life. Oh, that's fabulous! Yeah, excellent. Now you mentioned grade twelve. That's a perfect segue. So you you've graduated from Oak Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do next? What's what what does one decide? Well, I graduated when I was seventeen. Okay. Um, I'm a late birthday, okay. so. Uh, I took a year off and I worked at um, Bag of Pasta and decided that no, that was not the life for me. And so I ended up moving to Quebec City and beginning a French for non-francophones course. I had been in French immersion from kindergarten to grade Uh, eight um, and went out there, bread eyed and bushy tailed and found out I didn't have grade 13, so I couldn't actually take oh, French as a second language. Right. Um, ended up in Cégep for a, a semester and did things like philosophy and psychology and sociology all in French. Um, I did not pass the philosophy course, although it was a 60%, but out okay. there that wasn't enough. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe I got 59 and a pass was 60. <laughs> I don't know. Came home for four months, okay. worked and said, no, this really isn't for me. Went back, did another term in Cégep, and then did a year of uh, French um, as a second language degree. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and because of that French, is that why you wanted to go to Quebec? Yes. Okay. So I see that's that's a great place to go. Yeah. For French, right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, but you talk about winters and how you didn't like that uh, growing up. So Quebec has some crazy winters. Uh, they do, actually. <clears throat> but at that time, I was still young enough that the cold didn't bother me yet, right? right? Yeah, As okay. we get older, it becomes a little bit more... Um, hard to manage, I guess. And Quebec City just seemed like a bit of a dream, Uh, um, just with the history of our country. And, you know, so living in Quebec City was amazing. I lived in the Vieux Quebec and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I would walk out of my apartment and and it would just be the walls of the old city and and the old lighting. And it just seemed like you were walking back in into a different century. Um, And yeah, so I just went to explore. I bet you did. And so I'm assuming your French immersion came in handy, obviously. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, once you were done there, what did you decide on next? Well, I, mean, I decided that I couldn't really do much with a French as a second language degree. Mm, okay. And I had always wanted to be a teacher, and I don't know where or why I had gotten off that path. And so I went back to Regina, to the University of Regina, and started a French immersion education degree. Um, but after a year, decided I didn't want to do French immersion. Not quite sure why. <laughs> okay. I, I, it's the longest <laughs> Bachelor of Education story ever. <laughs> okay. Um, and time. so in, ended up switching into the Bachelor after degree program because I had so many uh, courses already. <laughs> and so I ended up getting um, Bachelor of Ed in secondary, core French, and social studies. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And so you went to U of R for how many years was that? Then? Three years. Three years. Okay. And then you're done. 
and then I'm done. Got your degree? Yeah. What was next after that? Went back home to Victoria, okay. um, moved in with mom and dad, <laughs> and went back to working at the restaurant I'd been working at off and on um, throughout my university career. Okay. Um, and started applying for jobs and ended up getting the first job I applied for, um, full-time position uh, teaching core French in Bella Coola. Nice. Yeah. Wow, look at that, hey. Mm -hmm. So was was that were you wanting to get out of Victoria or you just you just put your feelers out just I just wanted a job. Okay. There yeah. you go. And how beautiful it is uh, is it out there? It is <clears throat> God's country. It's just <laughs> yeah. so phenomenally gorgeous. Um but I still remember driving up there with my mom and dad. They took me up there, right? I had mm -hmm. no vehicle and and just out of university and uh you know, going down the hill, as it's called, right? Um, which is like 10,000 feet drop in 21 kilometers. Oh, and it's like 13 switchbacks and 19% oh or 13, 14% <laughs> grade gravel road, single lane. Like it, it was, it was crazy. And wow. as we're driving down, well, as my dad is driving down white knuckled all the way, <laughs> right? Like grinding on the brakes. Right. We were listening to Patsy Cline falling off the edge oh, of the world on. or something. Like it was just so random and oh, it was geez. so perfect. And oh, no. yeah, but the Bella Coola Valley has a place in my heart. Always will. <sighs> Stayed there for six years. Okay, I've never been, and I'd like to go. Yeah, for sure. How, and so six years. Yeah. out there, uh, stuck with the French immersion program, obviously, right? Yeah. Well, taught core French. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yep. Taught social studies. Um, ah, yes. Taught lots of things actually. Taught math. Taught First <clears throat> Nations eleven twelve when it first started as oh, a wow. course. Uh, taught choir to grade fours. Um, I, I sort of, you know, working in small communities and small schools, you end up being a jack of all trades. Yes. Yeah. Right. No kidding, but that's great though. Yeah. Then you get a feeling for what's really your niche or what, what you're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So then after Bella Coola, where did you head, head over to? I went to the West Kootenays. Okay. And I ended up in Nelson <clears throat> and I taught um, at two different schools, Blewett Elementary and St. Joseph's um, School, and I did Core French at both of those for one year. And then I ended up in the Slocan Valley teaching band. And oh. French and okay. social studies. <laughs> so nobody had applied for the band job. Okay. And the superintendent of the day looked at my resume and saw that I had lots of musical background. Mm. I was in choirs and I played cello for 10 years growing up. Wow. And so okay. I had like this musical background and he said, I'm sure you'd be able to do it. And so I went to the band teacher at St. Joseph's and said, can you help me? And, and she gave me a clarinet and taught me how to play it. And then I taught myself how to play all the other instruments, at least it. a little bit. Right. And ended up teaching band for five years, not just in no Slocan, but also in um, Castlegar and Robson and and in Egypt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Because <laughs> um, So you've told me that it's you worked in nine, sorry, how many, you taught in small communities around BC? For nine, for nine years, years. Yeah. okay, and and so it ranged from all over Bella Coola, West Kootenays, you said Castle Garden, Nelson, all those areas, yeah, and then Egypt. So there you go. So now <laughs> you're going. Okay, well, you moved from the from the east. You went west. You went back east to Quebec, and then now you've gone really far. Yeah. Now, what brought you out to Egypt? Um, at the time, I was kind of going through, you know, uh, a personal change mm -hmm. and. Um, 
a friend of mine that I was working with saw an ad in the Vancouver Sun for a BC offshore school in Cairo. And it was in its second year of being open and going into. And he said, why don't we apply? And I said, sure, why not, right? Egypt, (laughs) the cradle of civilization. Right. Who wouldn't want to go there in a BC offshore school? Um, And so a few friends of mine and I applied and um, I got the job. Look at that. And so off I went to Egypt. And did you know anybody else that went? Uh, Luckily, another one of my friends got a job as well. And so she and I went off um, to Egypt. It was a so BC offshore school, Mm -hmm. BC curriculum. And from kindergarten to grade nine, the first year, I think we had about 50 kids. Okay. Um, And so there were about nine or 10 of us on staff. and it was just an eye-opener of an experience. <laughs> I bet it was. No um, you go with this idea of Egypt, right? The pyramids. Yeah. You see all of the pictures of with, like, the dunes in the background. Uh, right. Well, no, they, they take that from a very specific angle. <laughs> I'm just going to say I've, that. I've, I've seen those pictures. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You think that it's just sand all around the pyramids. You're right in the middle of Giza, yeah. right? Like, That's there's right. Pizza Hut and KFC <laughs> right across the street from it the pyramids. It kind of takes away from it, doesn't it? It does, a little bit, yeah. No kidding. But um, it, it was, it, it's amazing. And I ended up spending five years there between two wow. different times. Okay. Um, so first year there, principal up and leaves at Christmas, doesn't oh, no. come back, oh. um, which was interesting. <laughs> and so I kind of picked up the reins for oh, a couple did? of weeks <laughs> okay. until we got a new principal. Right. And um, yeah, Egypt kind of was my first step into moving towards more an administration okay. position. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I ended up being lead teacher, so kind of liaison between the family that owned the school and um, the administration, the principal, uh, dealt with a lot of culture shock, mm, right? Like yeah. we used to talk around the fact that October you would kind of hit that culture wall and you know just providing supports around that because it is a very different place um right right like it's it's loud it's busy culturally um, you, obviously very different yes and yep, and yep. women are not seen <clears throat> the same way there as mm-hmm. they are in the western world mm-hmm. right yep. like first year there or second year setting up a new classroom you know these you know that they're untrained workers come in they're going to put up a whiteboard on the wall and i'm trying to tell them like use a stud finder find a stud put the the screws into a stud and they look at you like you are a woman you know nothing (laughs) right and they put it up it fell down in two hours they came back the next day with a stud finder <laughs> put it into the nicely studs. done Kate. yeah yeah um, that's good yeah it's 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 just a totally different world oh, over there i, I bet literally. it is no kidding yeah well i mean uh i mean let's go back a little bit here i mean you you've you've jumped on a flight to a oh. place that you've never been to before right yes. i'm assuming yeah and i mean what's your thoughts going like what are the thoughts going through your head because there are going to be students that are listening to this potentially mm-hmm. that um, are thinking that they'd like to try something as well and, and go and, and, you know, go somewhere different. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, uh, what got you through that whole mentality phase and then, and then getting to you, uh, getting you over to Egypt. Well, having parents that were supportive and who had already traveled in the middle East had already been mm-hmm. to Egypt. Um, nice. Definitely helped 
right? Because a lot of their friends were like, how can you let your daughter go there? It's so dangerous. And, and you know, they were more wise and understood that a lot of the media coverage is very biased mm. and very skewed. Right. Um, and having a friend go with me definitely helped, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing who my roommate was going to be and, yep. and that we had already lived, you know, as roommates in Canada before we left. So that was good. Um, and just the, the sense of adventure. I, I, mm. I really love nice. travel. I had always wanted to travel. And so this was my opportunity to just sort of jump off and see the world. What an opportunity it was, right? Mm -hmm. So now what, explain a little bit what a BC Offshore School is for those that won't know. And um, you know, what does that look like? Who attends the school? Um, so BC Offshore School just means that they have gone through a process with the Ministry of Education here mm -hmm. and have the right to offer our curriculum overseas. Um, at this school, it's a for-profit school, mm -hmm. um, so people pay tuition. It's a private school, uh, but all of the kids were Egyptian. Oh, and okay. so, um, you know, more often from affluent families, uh, Egyptians who want their children to be educated in a system that will allow them to then go to universities in the UK or the US mm. or Canada, or, right. right? So they're generally more open-minded, um, and want their children to see a different way of being. Gotcha. Yeah. And not much different from our international students that come here in our district. Absolutely. Same idea, right? Um, so now while you're out there, uh, you've told me that you've traveled quite a bit. Now that you've got the travel bug mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you've made it this far, uh, you, hit up, uh, you hit up a number of countries in yes. six years' time. Uh, maybe you don't have to name them all off unless you remember them all, but um, how many countries was that? I think I did about 14 countries <laughs> 14, okay. in six years. Okay. Um, so places like Ethiopia, um, Nigeria, South Africa, Botswana, uh, Oman, Jordan. Uh, I also lived in the United Arab Emirates, um, wow. Greece a couple of times, mm -hmm. France, England, Mexico. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, I mean, well, while you're, out, you know, you're out there already, you're Middle mm -hmm. East or, or wherever that you've landed, it, it seems that um, traveling amongst those countries in, in the Middle East or in Europe or, or, or Asia, mm -hmm. uh, it seems to be a lot easier since you're out there. Is, is that the case? I mean, I, I hear when people go and visit, they're like, well, I'm just I'm going to hit up five countries in three weeks. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's so much easier because, uh, and especially in the Middle East, in Egypt, you're kind of in the <laughs> middle of all of those mm. areas, right? right? So it's easy to jump off to um, Europe. It's three or four hours at the most. Right. Um, going to Asia, instead of 16 hours, it's more like eight, right? right? So it, it it's <clears throat> just easier. And although a lot of people look at Egypt and say Middle East, it is part of Africa. Right. And so it does afford you the opportunity to travel that way as well. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Any challenges while you're out there? I mean, you hear the stories and, and it's... Sometimes, like you said, some scary pieces uh, or scary stories that you hear in the news, but, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not getting into too much detail, but I mean, how, how was that out there? Um, there were certainly times when there were bombs. Oh, wow. um, there were, there was one time when, I think it was my first or second year there that there was a bomb in the big open air market, mm. Hana Khalili, and there was 
some tourists who ended up being killed in that. And and that's a little scary because, mm-hmm. you know, we used to go to Hanahalili every other weekend, mm-hmm. just go wander around, go shop. We had our leather guy, we had our shoe guy, we had our spice guy, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and so those kinds of things are a bit scary. Uh, the first year we lived there, we lived in Heliopolis, which is um, traditional Arabic um community not a lot of expats who lived there and sometimes we would get followed or um stuff like that uh just because we were kind of new and and they weren't used to seeing a lot of white people in that area um and so there's things like that that you just kind of have to be really aware and and watch um before moving there cell phone wasn't really a part of my life but after moving there my cell phone was my lifeline and mm-hmm. and I would just call up, you know, one of the the family who owned the school and be like, I'm in a cab and I want to go here. Can you tell the cab driver? And <laughs> oh, they would, nice. you know, <laughs> tell them this was kind of pre-Google Translate of and, and all yeah. of that. Um, so, yeah, there were definitely times. And, and when I was back the second time with my daughter, who at the time we moved there was two and when we came back was four, mm-hmm. Um, it was starting to destabilize again. Um, they had devalued the Egyptian pound mm. in order to get the IMF um, fund loan. And there were some bombings in Madi, which is the expat mm. area. Oh. It was getting closer oh, no. to home. That's right. where we lived. And so that's when I decided it was time to come back to BC for good. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, before we move on, though, from your <clears throat> move back to BC, you mentioned that you got married in Cairo. I did. You have a story around that. Um, yes. So <laughs> okay. I met my daughter's dad, <clears throat> okay. and he's Nigerian. Okay. And so because we're both expats, we had to get married at the Minister of Justice in downtown Cairo. Okay. So imagine me being all excited, and I got a white dress made, and, you know, he was in his suit, and everyone was dressed up, and I had a little <clears throat> bouquet of flowers, and yeah, nice. I'm getting oh, married. Awesome. And you end up in this scuzzy dirty building downtown everyone else is in jeans and like ripped up stuff and and you're not allowed to take pictures because it's a government building and and so when it's our turn we go into what is essentially a closet at the back end of a long (laughs) dirty hallway and there's a man sitting behind a desk chain smoking with like a ashtray overflowing on his desk it is totally and uh my friend and i kind of weren't really a part of it because well i'm a woman um and so they asked a whole bunch of questions of of my husband um and we had a translator there to help us with it although my husband did speak arabic um and in the end i put my thumbprint on a bunch of different contracts signed my name and apparently i was married (laughs) (laughs) so not the traditional sense of standing in front oh my goodness interesting even remotely and so after that we went back and we had like a a big celebration at our my apartment and all the friends and stuff (laughs) came but yeah it was definitely something i will never forget (laughs) Uh, no kidding very different Mm -hmm. right and and uh, you know i i said it had the makings for a movie um just very different yeah. I did not know where that story was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Now, you, um, you you mentioned that you had your admin role, uh, your first taste of it in mm-hmm. Cairo. Uh, and then you, you um, of course, you had your daughter and uh, you got married out in Cairo. Mm-hmm. But then you've moved back to BC now. 
So what did you do when you came back? Um, so my husband got his permanent residence. We had been in the UAE for three years. Mm -hmm. um, and so we moved back. I thought I had died and gone to heaven. I got a job at Queen Margaret School in Duncan. Oh, okay. um, and so there I taught English, ESL, socials, French, sort of the gamut. Um, but I was back on the island. Of course, yes. And uh, so that was really happy for me. I was happy to be close to my family again mm -hmm. um, and got pregnant within a couple of months of being back. So taught a year, went on mat leave, had yep. my daughter, um, went back to work and was there for three years in total. Oh, fabulous. Okay. Yeah. So daughter was born in Duncan. In Duncan. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. There you go. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so there for three years, did you stick here? And is that where you were before you came here or where, did, where were you before? No. Um, so after that, I got contacted by the family in Egypt and oh, okay. they said, do you want to come back and be our elementary vice principal? Oh. Um, and I had been trying, you know, dabbling looking around BC to try and get an admin job and wasn't having any luck. Mm -hmm. uh, so I said, sure, why not? And uh, I moved back to Cairo with my daughter. <laughs> Look at that. Um, yeah. And so, you know, there's not very many kids that get to say they lived in Cairo from ages two to four. Right. And yeah, so I went back there and um, got thrown in sort of trial by fire okay. as far as elementary uh, vice principal. I had about 450 kids, nice. about 20 staff. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and, and they gave me my start um, really in admin. Nice. And then from there, once the bombing started happening again, right. so we're going, okay, uh, yes. then my daughter <laughs> and I moved to Elkford, BC, oh, okay. which is southeast corner by Spirewood or Fernie. Most people right. know Fernie. Everyone knows Fernie, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, now, but the same sort of topography, I'm assuming, right? So you've you're living amongst in the mountains area or around yeah, there. Yeah, we were at like 4,400 <laughs> 4, feet nice. in the mountains, so okay. quite high up. Yeah. Um, it's not unusual for winter to last eight plus months there. Um, so we went from one extreme to another, right? From the uh, <laughs> desert yeah. and 35 degrees almost all the time to, right. as my daughter called it, Elsa land <laughs> with... Uh, <laughs> oh, is this around frozen yeah. time? Yeah, okay. it, it absolutely I, I was. Okay. So Thank you, it, it was mountains and snow and, <clears throat> That's so funny. and she got introduced to all of the things that go along with that so sledding was a big part of oh, our life yeah, and uh, sure. she did figure skating last year and and moved up four levels in one year like she's crazily wow. sporty okay um and we had a little local ski hill that was usually open about two months of the year and so we were skiing and uh yeah so she got to do all of those kinds of things and she got to be a kid and and ride her nice. bike down the street and uh, yeah. yes right exactly yeah. so does she have a preference i mean it, obviously not comparable but between no. the two i mean what is what is her feeling between Nanaimo and Elkford? Or? No, Elkford and going back to Cairo. So, because that's basically what she's experienced so far, right? Yes. Uh, she would definitely choose Elkford. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. In Cairo, like, it's hard to be a kid, right? Because mm. there's so much traffic and yeah. it's so dangerous and you can't just walk and you certainly can't ride a bike and right so that's right getting to be a kid and and play with her friends out in 
the street <laughs> and stuff like that, right? Because yeah. Elkford's 1,500 people. Like, it, it's a small community. Small town. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. But tight, I'm, I'm sure, right? Very. Okay, so Elkford, and then where did you go after that? Here. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah. welcome. <laughs> and now we're back in Enabo, yeah. Uh, full circle. So there you go. Uh, well, let's little, let's chat a little bit now that now that we're talking about Nanaimo and you're here and um, mm. uh, you're at Gabriel Elementary, as, as we all know, K-7 uh, school. Yes. Uh, how's that going for you? First couple months, how does it feel? It feels great. It's <clears> been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, definitely a steep learning curve, mm -hmm. as this is my first principalship, but... Um, I think that Gabriola and I are well suited to each other. Um, Why is that? I like small community schools. Perfect. That's where I did most of my teaching when I was in the public system before going overseas. Mm -hmm. um, I like making the connections with the kids and seeing them grow from year to year and change. And you really get to build those relationships and um, just getting to know the community. Right. So. Yeah, the, the staff is great. The kids are awesome. Right. Um, and my daughter goes there. So that's fabulous. for the first time, she's at my school. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really special in and of itself. Uh, yeah, and just spending time getting to know the kids and getting in the classrooms and and figuring out how to support my staff and students and community. That's fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, moving forward, you know, looking a couple years down the road, what's what's the plan for, for Gabriola, for you? Uh, Gabriola, I see myself being there probably four <clears throat> or five years, for sure. That's great. Um, and we're really working on becoming um, sort of, not sort of, we're working on outdoor um, learning looking at reconciliation through land-based mm. learning. Nice. Uh, we're partnering with uh, Simon Fraser University and have a three-year project going forward with them where we have people coming in and observing and, and looking at how we can build that connection again between the Snenemoch First Nations <coughs> and Gabriola. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. I, I love that connection. Um, how did Simon Fraser get involved in all of this? Uh, so there was a teacher, Kate Reynolds, who taught at Gabriola for a lot of years. Okay. And she put forward some uh, more local grants um, around outdoor learning and connections with oh, the land. Okay. And that sort of built into a larger grant through the province, which partnered with um, Dr. Mark Fetty's um, from the SFU um, project. Okay. And they together have moved forward into a, a very large project um, around uh, land-based learning and reconciliation on okay. Gabriola. Okay, there you mm. go. And that's in line with a lot of the work that we're doing now as a district <clears throat> through Absolutely. the Sayoyetsis uh, exactly. framework, right? Uh, this is, it's, it's perfect timing. It is. Kismet. It is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um, I mean, they're very lucky to have you. It sounds as if you are a perfect fit. Mm -hmm. uh, from hearing, talking to you today, it, it really does seem like you're at a good place and you're in the right place. Yes, I am in the right place. Oh, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. good. Uh, was there anything else that you maybe want to share moving forward? What's, you, um, you know, anything, any big plans? 
Um, I just look forward to growing and building on all of the good work that's already happening in our school and, um, you know, building those connections among staff <laughs> and and getting more involved in land-based learning and place-based learning um, and getting our kids outside. That's key, right? Mm-hmm. Get, get some fresh air, kids. That's right. <laughs> well, good. Kate, thanks so much for coming down. Um, this has been a great uh, half hour. Look at that. Can you believe that? It's, it's been half an hour that's, uh, that we started this conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, congratulations uh, for your first principalship. Uh, we're happy to have you here in the district. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Well, have yourself a good day. You too.